News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio, where you want it, when you want it. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Erin McNutt here with Rick Van Dyvendyke from Dutch Growers. If you have a question or just need some, some advice from Rick, you can give us a call at one 877 332-8255. It seems like the summer is going by so quickly. We're already at the August long weekend. Yeah, is- it's, it's, it's the August long weekend and uh, a lot of people up, uh, I'm up uh, visiting my, my, my sister up in Emma Lake and mm-hmm. it's, there's lots of people up here and a lot of fun. Last night it was kind of fun. Uh, there's a bunch of sailboats that have a little regatta. They light up their masts up, and they kind of just go skirt around the outside of all the lakes, and everybody out in the beaches and, and just cheering and, and having a great time, and it's lots of fun. It's also our first long weekend without any COVID rules in Saskatchewan, and I think people are just kind of enjoying feeling a little normal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But, you know, I was listening to the news, and but I, I hear all this hot weather is causing havoc as well. So. Yeah. In some of the lakes, with the uh, with the uh, with the high high uh, like you know the water's turning sort of a green color, and that's yeah. causing problems with some of the fish as well. So the weather is is causing problems in in all sectors of of both of of, of the farming community and the recreation and everything. So it's. It's quite something. I can't wait till it ends. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have a better uh, a better season coming up, but uh, we got to get through this one first. Absolutely. <laughs> we have a few questions coming in on the text line, so uh, we won't ignore them anymore. <laughs> this one coming from Mark in Regina. We have a very large Schubert chokecherry tree that gets spider web type masses with bugs every year. We carefully remove them, but this year we have some at the very top of the tree that we can't get to, even with a ladder. How do you suggest we do this? Is there something we can spray on the tree to prevent these webs from forming? Yeah, so it's it's it could be like I said before, you have the second batch of ten caterpillars that are coming out, and it's a different variety of ten caterpillar. So uh, you can if you can you can get a hose and a sprayer, and you can spray up to the top. Uh, a lot of times they'll shoot up, hose and sprayers will shoot up around 20 feet. You can spray things like BTK. Okay. And then that, that'll, as soon as they ingest it on the leaves, and also don't forget the, the caterpillars will leave those tents and start eating the other leaves around. So, uh, so even if you get leaves in the surrounding area around or close by, uh, the caterpillars will still ingest it and then they'll get the tummy ache and then they'll just die. Okay. Um, this one is coming from Nikki. I live on an acreage in the East End area. I'm wondering if I can brush Roundup or something similar on chickweed and other weeds that I can't pull out from the roots. Yeah, brushing on using a sponge brush or something like that this is very good. Just make sure you got gloves on and those kind of things. Okay. And then make sure also you're not walking over top of them as you're moving because then you're going to press that Roundup down to the grass and you're going to have footprints <laughs> in, the shape, in the shape of your foot because you'll get Roundup on your feet, right? So. Yeah. So just making sure that you're being careful and uh, and also um, 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 just making sure that you um, uh, that you just swipe it, don't have it dripping. Um, you know, just while you talk about that, I just read an article, Aaron. Okay. Yesterday, that uh, month looks like uh, Monsanto is going to be taking actually the Roundup brand for home and garden off the market. Oh. 
So this is probably the last year you're going to be able to see Roundup for the home and garden market. So um, uh, so you won't be able to purchase it anymore, it looks like. And I noticed that down in the States. I saw that article down in the States. Yeah. And if it's happening down in the States, it'll happen in Canada as well. I mean, that's just... just uh, yeah, it, usually it, once it, one big market is gone. Yeah, yeah, it'll be gone. So it'll still be available, obviously, for the farming community. But uh, but on the looks like, from what I hear, I have to verify that for sure. But mm-hmm. I, I just read it on one article that uh, um, that, uh, that that this is the last year you're going to be able to get that in the stores. We seem to be uh, every every couple years losing one or two of those staple yep. items and having to figure some new new systems out. Yeah, so, yeah, that one, um, now, whether there'll be other generic ones out there, I'm not sure, but the, the brand Roundup will not be in the uh, in for the home and garden use anymore. Hmm. Well, well, if you have any tips of maybe what you can use uh, instead of Roundup, we'd love to hear it. one 332 8255 You can text us in your suggestions, because that's going to be a big uh, a big loss, I think. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a big one. Uh, but like I said, it's it's we've had that before, and we mm-hmm. just there'll be other products we can use, or you just have to get out there with your pitch your garden fork and just dig up the roots the old fashioned way. <laughs> a little extra elbow grease. <laughs> a little extra elbow grease. Um, we have a question about raspberry bushes from Eunice. When is the best time to cut raspberry bushes right down so that they're fresh next year for better produce? Yeah, basically once all the energy goes, the sugars go back from the leaves back down into the roots. So you're looking right when the leaves start falling off all your other shrubs and trees, and then you can do that now from. Okay, so maybe uh, maybe not quite yet, but soon. Nope, you're not talking about till almost the end of September into October. Okay. Um, this one is from Kim. Is there any treatment for slime flux? Will it eventually kill the poplars? You said slime flux? You said? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a, that's a slime. Yeah, that one there is. Um, it's it's a tough one. It will it will dissipate on its on its own. Uh, so there's not really many chemicals that I can recommend that will work very good on it. Okay. So it's just a matter of um, uh, if you want, you can if if there's some spots that you can see, it, you can prune it out. You know, and uh, but that's that's about all you can really do. There's not really there's no no even copper sulfate. No, I don't even think that'll work on that. So there's not much you can do about it. And just keep your tree healthy, and mm-hmm. it usually can work through it. Just one of those uh, you might have to yep. wait a, a little longer than you like, but uh, yep. should should sort itself eventually. All right, we are going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back. We have a couple calls just coming in here, so we'll get to those uh, shortly. If you have a question for Rick, you can give us a call at one 332 8255 You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Erin McNutt here with Rick Van Dyvendyke from Dutch Growers. If you have a question for Rick, give us a call at 1-877-332-8255. We've had a couple people waiting for us through the break here, Rick, so we won't make them wait any longer. We'll start off with Dawn. Good morning, Dawn. What's your question for Rick today? Hey, good morning, Erin and Rick. Uh... I have a couple of questions. We're on an acreage outside of the city, and I may have missed it. Uh, what fertilizer strength you're recommending for this time of year for the lawns? For the lawns, you can use anything with a 
it depends how much water you got, okay? So uh, I, I, I've been recommending because of this heat is using, and you're supporting local, is using the groundskeeper because it's only a 16 nitrogen. Uh, right. So it's not a high nitrogen. So if you use something like uh, like some of the Scots fertilizers, they have up about 28 to 32. You're just creating a lot of growth, so that means you just got to water a lot more. So um, uh, so in order to keep it, so so with, with the groundskeeper, it has only a 16 nitrogen, but it also has uh, there's two different types. There's one with phosphorus and not phosphorus. I like the one with a little bit of phosphorus in it. Only has 10, but then the key the, the groundskeeper fertilizer it has sulfur in it. It has a 17 right. sulfur, and then it has a 3 iron. Uh, and those two things, will, especially around uh, are you east of Saskatoon, west of Saskatoon, which way are or in the city? Uh, we're east. East? So your yeah. soil out east is, is fairly alkaline. So that sulfur will actually lower the pH, and your plant will be able to grab nutrients a lot better, and then you don't need the high nitrogen. So it actually, it, it's... That's one thing I like about it. It's a local company, and they're actually making a fertilizer for our soils, and it really works yeah. well. I I did use that this spring. I was just yeah. curious if to continue using it or not. Yeah, no, you can. The one thing nice about that one, you can use it for your spring application. You can use it yeah. for your summer application and your fall one. Where some of oh, the other good. fertilizers, you have a summer, a spring, and summer application, and then they change the formulation for fall. But groundskeeper, right. you can use the same fertilizer for all three applications. Perfect. Now, the other question, one of the other questions I have is I'm getting some volunteer foxtail come up in through the lawn, and what's the best way to deal with that? Just individual uh, roundup on them, or yeah, just individual, uh, either by pulling it or or by, by painting it on there. Uh, that's, well, if you that's, pull it, don't you just leave the roots though? If you well, yeah, you have to almost take a little clump with it, you know, and then let the grass grow back in afterwards. So that's that's the alternative. Otherwise, you paint it on because all the other, you know, um, weed killers won't touch the gra- that foxtail right at all. Okay. And also now, with it being this year and I haven't cut the grass much, the dandelions are kind of starting to take over. And I noticed when I was pulling dandelions that every dandelion clump pretty much has an ant hill on it. Yeah, that's because <laughs> what can I do to get rid of it? Get, to get rid of the ants, it's it's yeah. a problem. If you don't have water, it's a problem. Okay, because um, uh, the best way to get rid of it is, uh, is called uh, ant out nematodes. But you uh-huh. have to have a moist lawn in order to get rid of them. Okay, you have to build the water really well because the nematodes yeah. can't go through dry soil. And so, oh. if your lawn's really dry, the nematodes aren't going to work. And so that's just a matter of um, uh, you probably want to just dust some diatomaceous earth uh, on those anthills, and then that that will happen. Is basically it's organic, it's crushed up seashells, and then what will happen then is it gets into their joints and it dehydrates them and, and kills the, the the ants. But it doesn't get down to the uh, down to the queen, so the queen just keeps making more, right? So right. Um, um, that's the way to go. That's about all you can do with this kind of weather right now and uh, with that, that issue of not being able to water as much. Uh, just keeping them on top, of, on top of that way is just with the diatomaceous earth. Yeah, no, I've been pouring the water to it steady for the last three weeks, and okay. water isn't an issue. We have lots of that. Oh, well, uh, then use the, use the ant-out nematodes. Uh, that works awesome. It works really good. All right. And what about uh, the other thing I have is... Uh, uh, the, some of the trees are starting to sucker, and 
and that uh, into the lawn. Is there anything you can do about that, or you just have to sort of put up with it? You have to put up with it. Otherwise, what you can do is you can go to, um, as long as not too close to the main trunk of the tree, you can go to the edge of the lawn and then cut a trench, okay, first of all. And the trench has to be about 12 to 16 inches deep, okay? And then what yeah. you do then is you're cutting the roots, right? And then before yeah, you no, backfill that, that's before you back not that gonna trench. work for us. Oh, okay, it's not going to work? So, no, yeah. Well, because we're on an acreage, you know, it's... Uh... You're talking several hundred yards of yeah of uh, border to to try and trench and and do yeah then, so then what they do what they do at the more. golf what they do at the golf course all the time is they'll just take a, a a trencher and they'll actually trench between the some of the uh, the the poplars and especially the poplars and 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 the and the uh, and the and the, um, the fairways and that. And then what they'll do is then they'll they'll paint Roundup on again, but they'll cut it so that. But then if you, if you make that trench, you should put a piece of uh, landscape fabric vertically in the trench, so that the roots won't go back again. And then then you can stop it from doing that. Okay. All right. Well, thanks very much uh, for the information. Okay. I do listen to your show every weekend and enjoy it. Thanks, Don. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You Bye. too. All right. We'll go to Larry and Osler. Uh, good morning, Larry. What's your question for Rick today? Good morning. Turnips and beets. To make the bottom, the bulbs grow bigger, can you take leaves off? Uh, no, I wouldn't take. If I wouldn't take too many leaves off to get them to grow bigger. Uh, sometimes you can later on. You know how people will step on their tops and that kind of stuff. You can do that, but it's a little bit too early for that yet. So uh, I would leave it for another couple of weeks yet before I start thinning yet because. Uh, with with this kind of heat and, and that, you'll want to get, uh, you'll still need all the leaves and that kind of stuff to pre- produce energy to make that bulb grow bigger. So you probably should wait just a little bit longer before you do that, so about another two weeks. Um, but uh, otherwise, yes, you could do that, just to thin them out. How, how far, how, how many should you take off a plant? Uh, never take off more than half, okay? Always oh, leave, leave, leave 50% there for sure. Okay, but if you take off 30%, that'd be perfect. All right, thank you for your help. Thanks, Larry. All right, we have a couple of texts that we can get to here before our break. Um, This one is coming from Saskatoon. No name on it, though. Uh, The tomatoes I started from seeds seem to have blossom rot, but the bedding plants I bought do not, and they are growing right beside each other. I used soil I bought for transplants when I planted the seeds, all are bush beefsteak plants. What could be causing this, and what can I do? Yeah, there's a um, uh, bottom line is that different varieties, and they're all bush beefsteak, they said, right? Did they yes. see that? Yeah. So they're all the same varieties, so that's just interesting because um, uh, it probably just has to do where the seed source came from, uh, because normally if you get different varieties, are are better suited against blossom and rot. Um, but it's funny, they're side by side. So, cause, yeah. uh, usually it's an issue of watering with blossom and rot, you know, to go wet, dry, wet, dry too much. Mm-hmm. And it could be this, could be the, just, uh, the maturity of the plant, the way it's taking up nutrients okay. uh, as well, because, uh, one way you can sort of help that a bit is by uh, adding calcium to the soil. And, uh, so there's a product called calcium essentials that you can add a boost of calcium to it to help, you know, print and happening some more yet. Um, but other than that, it's, it's, it's strange that you have both all seed and plants, all the same type of plant. Yeah. 
Um, it probably just has to do with the seed source. They came seed source came from two different, um, let's say, farms. You know. Uh, where the actual seed came from, mm-hmm. and to start the plant, and they just a little bit of genetic differences in the, in the two plants. And that's all it takes. Yep. Um, this one is coming from Gloria in Churchbridge. Every year I plant yellow onion sets. In the last few years, the roots have been rotting off, and then the whole onion rots. Why isn't or why isn't rotten turns very hard? Can hardly cut out with a knife. I don't see any maggots, and I've tried planting in different places each year. Yeah, so um, what I suggest to do if that's the sort of situation is that, yeah, the, it's good that they've been planting at different location. It yeah. might be the type of soil you have uh, if you're having that issue. And also try a different variety of onion next time. Um, and you might your soil conditions might just, there might be something of some spores or something in the soil that is affecting that variety. So what you may have to do is you actually might have to take a whole year off of not planting any onions at all. Okay. And it actually might even be two years. And then, then you can get rid of that, whatever's in the soil, and then you can go back to planting onions again. Hmm. Uh, obviously, you have some pathogen in the soil that's causing that to happen. So this, you probably just have to give it a rest for a couple of years and just uh, um, don't plant onions. Sorry to say that. You'll just have to give it a rest. Okay. Um, This one coming from Laura. When can I prune our prairie cherries? I'm picking this year's fruit, but would like them pruned before next year. Yeah, so your your sour cherries, I like pruning them. um, You can prune them after you finish harvesting, because harvesting is right about, you're just finishing up harvesting now. Mm -hmm. In July, you're doing the cherries. And especially with this heat, it's probably a little bit earlier. Yep, but, uh, <laughs> like everything. <laughs> like everything. But, uh, but yeah, no, you can do some minor pruning right now. Not a problem. Any major pruning, uh, you can do just when the leaves start turning color. But you can do some minor pruning, just some, you know, taking little branches here and there. You can do that now. It's not a problem at all. All right. And then maybe wait until it's dormant for uh, if you do a bigger job. Some, some major pruning, uh, you can do it's a bigger one. But, uh, yeah. It's not a, actually right now. It's not a problem at all. To, to with this kind of weather we've been having, mm-hmm. the plants are all starting to shut down anyway. So it's not a, not hard for not won't hurt them. Perfect. We're going to take a quick break for news, and then we'll be back with more garden talk. You can get your question into Rick by giving us a call at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. This is Garden Talk on six fifty CKOM and nine eighty CJME. Listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Erin McNutt here with Rick Van Dyvendyke from Dutch Growers. If you have a question for Rick, we still have time to get to it. Just give us a call at 1 877 332 8255. That same phone number can also be used to send us a text. And we have a few uh, texts popping up. So uh, we'll, we'll go through them a little bit here and see if we, if we can't help out a few people. <laughs> uh, we'll start off with with Andrew in Warman. Uh, good morning, Rick. I have a problem with my potatoes. There's no potatoes under the plants. And I noticed that they did not flower this year. Where did we go wrong? Yeah, it's interesting because you know, that's the second caller that said they didn't have flowers, right? Yeah. So um, um, just it's just weird. That, but the other caller, he said he had no flowers, but there obviously was some there, but just some were probably a smaller flower. Mm-hmm. But he had lots of potatoes. 
Yeah. Now, this person is saying they didn't have potatoes, right? Just the plant, so, um, no potatoes, nothing. No potatoes, nothing. Is, 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 um, of course, you don't get to talk to them to see whether the, 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 the foliage was really, you know, full and big and yeah. everything else. And so uh, uh, it might be just a, the way the nutrients, the pH of the soil could be a, a part of that. It could be um, just the, 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 the actual seed. Wasn't there a very good seed? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole bunch of little little things that could happen. Uh, uh, potatoes are, are they use quite a bit of water, but they also use quite a bit of nutrients. So having the right type of nutrients is important. Um, we started even selling a, a, a fertilizer basically dedicated to, to potatoes. So it does it has very low nitrogen, but it has a higher phosphorus and a higher potassium in it. And so those are the kind of things you might have to look at doing a little soil test. Okay. And seeing how you're, and you can do that just right at home. You just need to get some distilled water, and you can do that little test right in your own, right in your own kitchen sink uh, with some soil from your garden, and just checking what it is. Uh, but it just might have been just one of those things where you, uh, once in a while, you just don't get what you've planted. You don't get what you, the harvest you expected. Yeah. And um, uh, there's no real explanation other than. There's something wrong with you know the makeup of the soil or that specific variety. Just wasn't a good wasn't a good seed this year. Just didn't uh, didn't yeah. didn't prosper, I guess, in that yeah. uh, in that environment. But uh, always a good idea to do a quick soil test. I find. Yep. Yeah. Um, this one is from Sharon in Estevan. Ro- raspberry bushes have an insect that flies when disturbed. It's tiny and kind of brownish. It's eating the leaves, and some of the plants are dying. What could it be? A fly that's eating leaves. Yeah. I haven't heard of that one yet. So, um, <laughs> But if, if it's a fly, the problem with hidden flies is that you have to contact them, right? Okay. So the, the best thing probably to do is, if you want, is um, put, a, put, a, put a sticky tape like a fly strip out, right? Oh, yeah. And then catch some of the flies, and then actually we, now we can take them and we can actually identify which one it is if, if you know that that's the one that's eating the leaves, you know? Yeah. Um, so um, right now there's also a bunch of little worms, like they're tiny, little, little tiny inchworms. Okay, so make sure it's not that that's also eating the leaves and the flies are just around. Mm-hmm. Um, so watch for those. It's just a tiny, tiny little inchworm. And uh, that I've noticed that among the raspberries and different plants as well. So check for that. If it's that, then that's easy. You can use BTK in that. But if it's a fly, I've never heard of a fly eating the leaves. So unless it's a leaf cutter, you know, wasp or something like that, but usually they go after a smoother leaf because the raspberry leaf is a rougher yeah. leaf, so they usually don't like that as much. So I just catch a fly, and then you can bring it in, and we can try to identify it and see what see what this is and, uh, and how we can treat it. Perfect. Uh, they have a second question about cotton asters. They say they're starting to turn kind of a yellowy green, then dying. They did uh, cut out the dead ones, and this is the second year that this has been happening for them. A yellowy green. Usually, cotton asters, the, the biggest issue they have is called, it's called fire blight, mm-hmm. and then they turn a rusty brown. Yeah. And then, then, then you'll notice that, and you have to trim it out for sure. Yellowy green... Oh, that's interesting because yellow and green. Then basically, it could be the same. It could be a, a, a where it's, it's the tissue in the plant from the fire blight is is stopping the saps from going up. Okay. And then of course, then it gets the deficiency. But other than that, uh, if it's a yellowy green, it could be an iron deficiency as well. And if it's an iron deficiency, then that means the pH of your soil is way too high. 
And uh, so the best thing to do is just uh, send me a picture, take a picture of it, and send it to rick at dutchgrowers.com. And then I can see whether it is an iron deficiency, and then we can help you out that way. Perfect. Uh, we have a couple calls waiting on the line here. So we'll start off with uh, Jeanette in Weyburn. Good morning, Jeanette. What's your question for Rick today? Yeah, I have an upside-down tomato plant hanger, and it's just a cherry tomato in there. But yep. it started to wilt. Like, it didn't. it's not burning. It's actually wilting. Okay, if, it's, if, the, if, the, if, the, if the, 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 the leaves are actually cupping up, you know, and look like they wilt, that, that, that usually means some heat stress, okay? And so where the leaves will just cup up, and it looks like a wilt, but they're just cupping up. So either that or if it is a wilt, then that's just a, that's just a moisture issue. Uh, and that moisture issue could be from overwatering and you're getting a root rot, or it could be from too dry. So I was wondering your, if it was overwatering because yeah, so, yeah, make sure you're sticking your finger into that into that root ball if you can, and then watering as it needs it, okay? Rather than just uh, watering it whenever, um, because you you could get a root rot if you're overwatering it too, and it's easy to do in this heat too. It's just by giving it lots and lots of water, and then and then then you'll get a root rot as well. But if you'll see the stress; the leaves will cup usually cup up as well. And yeah. that's that's from the heat stress as well. So um, um, you may have to, if you can, it's an upside down planter. But if you if it's a really hot spot, you might have to just, if you can, move it to a spot where it gets just a little bit of shade now in, in the hot part of the day, but gets lots of sunlight the other parts of the day. And um, but other than that, just stick your finger. Don't water unless, unless you stick your finger into that root ball to see whether it needs moisture. That's the big one. Yeah, okay. That kind of confirms what I was thinking. Yep. Okay. Okay, thank you. All right, thanks, Jeanette. Okay, bye. Bye now. All right, we'll go to Bob in Regina. Good morning, Bob. What's your question for Rick today? Yes, uh, I want... Hi, good morning, Rick. I want to know how to plant uh, apple tree. I've never planted a, a fruit tree before, and I want to know how to prepare for the ground for it. What do I do? Okay, so make sure whatever you go to the nursery and pick out a plant, you're going to dig your hole twice as wide, at least twice as wide as the pot. You only have to go about three inches deeper than the pot, but but you need to go twice as wide. You get rid of the clay and put some good topsoil around it, okay? That's the key, number one key. And also you want to make sure that the, the soil that comes in the pot, you only want to be, uh, that needs to be near the, the, the surface of the soil. So many people like to bury that plant down deep into the ground, they want to cover the graft. Let's say there's a graft, there's a little bump which, which at the bottom of the tree, they want right. to cover it up, and that's just planting it way too deep. And that's the first mistake: is don't plant it too deep. Okay. okay. Right. I'd right. rather I'd rather plant it shallower and put some mulch around the top, than then right. and then putting it too deep and putting way too much soil on there. Then the plant will just struggle. And okay. so if if you do those couple things, and uh, and then uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna plant in this heat. Uh, just make sure that you're you're watching your watering, that you don't overwater, but you're just right. watering enough right at the trunk of the tree as if you're watering just a pot, and you need to do that every day, okay? And, and but only enough, not overwatering, just enough as you as if that plant was sitting in a pot on top of the ground, and you're just right. watering that pot, okay? Okay. Well, would it be a good time if I started in the fall better than right now? Uh, as long as you're going to take care of it. One thing I like about planting it right now, it has lots of time to get rooted right before okay. wintertime. Right. So right, right, you, can right. plant from, you can plant from now right up to freeze up. That's not a problem at all. Just don't yeah. go on holidays for two weeks after you plant it. That's all.
Yeah. Well, there's other trees in the front yard. In the yard there, they're not really close, but there's shade there, so maybe that'll help, too, with a, yep. for this hot, this hot sun. Yep, that'll be perfect. So, yeah, no, you can, the, plant, you can plant anytime. Another another question, can I buy this tree at your, your establishment at Dutch Growers? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Rick, I'll, and that's out on the highway there, right? Yeah, we're we're yeah out of the highway in Regina. They'll have them there. Yes, where you where I used to practice my golf. Yeah, that's right <laughs> on the old golf course, the old driving range. Yes, right. Okay, thanks very much, Rick, for the help. Okay, thanks, yeah. Bob. Bye-bye. Bye now. We have a couple of callers waiting on the line that we'll get to after our short break. Here, you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Erin McNutt here with Rick Van Dyvendyke from Dutch Growers. Rick, it looks like we're going to be busy for the next couple of minutes here. We've got a few calls waiting on the line, so we'll dive right in. Uh, we'll start off in Saskatoon with Howard. Thanks for holding, Howard. What's your question for Rick today? Yeah, Rick, I uh, started a asparagus patch last year, and I started it by building kind of putting it into the roots in the ground, and this year I built a raised bed. Yep. And the plants come up actually quite good through it. What I'm wondering is, is I, I didn't pick any this year. I'm letting it grow, but should I knock the plants down in the fall, or should I leave them and just do it in the spring, or how do I handle that? Yeah, you can, you can knock them down in the fall if you wanted to, or in the spring it wouldn't really matter, but it's good that you left them because that helped them to get the root system established in the first year. I just yeah, don't like the harvesting the first year. Uh, so you did right that way in. So you could knock them down in the fall. That'd be okay. not a problem at all. Perfect. Okay. okay thank you. Yep. Thanks, Howard. Yep. All right. We'll go to Shirley in Regina. Good morning, Shirley. What's your question for Rick? Uh, yeah. So I think we had a uh, winter kill on our grass. We've tried to seed it three times already and nothing's coming. What are we doing wrong? Well, make sure, you have to make sure that that seed, you have to really give it a good raking first, and then once you put the seed down, you have to rake it again to get the seed in contact with the soil. If the seed sits on top of the the, 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 uh, the thatch, you know, from your grass, it, it will just germinate on top of that thatch, and then with this heat, it will just die, okay? Yeah, well, we've raked it a few times. Yeah, uh, you have to get you have to rake after you seed so you get the seed in contact with the ground. That that is the key. That's the number one issue where where I get a lot of problems. Where the seed just doesn't, the roots don't get into the soil, and then the seed just dries up. It doesn't want to germinate properly, okay. right? All right. So if you try that, I think you'll have a lot better success. And then you got to keep it moist with this kind of heat, right? That, yeah. that'll be, that's the key as well. Right. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, now to uh, Lori in Cylon. Good morning, Lori. What's your question for Rick today? Good morning. I have a problem with my onions, and it's serious. Uh, like, I'm assuming it's some kind of a insect or something that attacks the roots, you know, where yep. the stems start to turn yellow and yep. dying off, and then the uh, bulb, it, uh, you know, turns hard and then rots. And, like, I've got about 500 onions planted in my garden, and I'm losing them fast. And I'm wondering if diatomaceous earth would be a good thing to... No, it's, it's, it's too late now. You're not going to be able to stop them anymore. You have to take, you have to basically use a crop cover early in the spring, 
or you have to use also the nematodes, right? But it's um, right now that they're in the onion, they've caused the damage already, and it's going to be really tough. So what you may have to do is you may have to take a year off, okay? And then so that these insects will fly when they when they when the insect fly goes into the ground, it'll come up in the spring. It won't find any onions, and they'll go lay their eggs somewhere else, and won't start the same cycle in your yard. Okay, so you'll either have to um, and and now that you have it so bad that even if you use crop cover, the fly could come up through under through the ground and up into your crop cover. So that's even a problem that way. So next year you just might have to take a year off. And uh, and then then you'll you'll get through that where you won't have the issue the year after that. Okay. 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 I'm going to ask you another question. Sure. Uh, we've got, of course, lots. Of, we live on a farm. We've had lots of grasshoppers in our area, which are, of course, moving into the garden. And I've been using uh, like EcoBrand. I don't yep. know if you're familiar with that, but uh, you know to try to deter them. And I I haven't seen much for dead. Uh, grasshoppers but this morning when I was out there I spread some of that corn gluten stuff on the north side of my corn patch yep. to try to control the portulaca and this morning I see a whole lot of, of dread grasshoppers and I'm wondering do you think they're eating the uh, you know the corn gluten and that's killing them? Mm, I wouldn't think because oh, corn gluten is just organic it's just cornmeal basically so I uh. wouldn't think that that would kill them Okay, so, well, it's, um, it's probably, probably they got, is they probably, the EcoBrand. I just wondered about that. Yeah, they probably got some of your EcoBrand started working on them. So Right. Okay, thank you then. Okay. Thanks, Lori. Bye. Bye now. We're going to go to Tammy in Moose Jaw now. Good morning, Tammy. What's your question for Rick? Hello there, Rick. Um, I've got a Virginia creeper on the just on the back of my house, and I keep it very trimmed. It's not. It doesn't go very far. But about this time of year, I always get um, these bugs in it that literally when you're, like, as soon as you touch it, they're just flying all over the place. They're just really, really little. And so I, yeah, I just, I've tried the um, very, very mild. I use Bronner's soap. Um, I've tried spraying that on it, and I know you have to get underneath the leaf. But um, I did it a few weeks ago when there was just a few of them, and then I just never got back to it, and it's just taken over. And you can see the leaves are definitely affected from it. Um, yeah, so, is there anything so you, I can do to be preventing this or getting rid of them? Yeah, just you need to spray uh, spray again, but do it in the evening when they're settled down and not hopping around so much. It's called the leaf hopper, okay? okay. And then do it in the evening, blast them so that the leaves get the underside of the leaves, you know? Uh, and you need to do it again in, in 10 days' time again, okay? Okay. And, and if you're not having success with that, just use a product called Ambush, okay? Ambush? And ambush. You have to do it two times okay. in 10 days' successions as well. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks, Tammy. Thank we have another question that was uh, called in, but uh, the the caller, we've lost the caller, but we have the question. Okay. <laughs> this one coming from Brian. My hops are going yellow at the base of the root. Why could that be? Uh, two things with, with hops. It's probably spider mite. Okay. And especially at the base. So check, take a look. You need a magnifying glass to see the spider mite on the backside of the leaves. And if that's the case, use cold water or use something like, uh, like uh, Endol. Uh, or otherwise use malathion. Okay, so a couple options there. Yeah. 
And that uh, pretty much brings us to the end. A very busy last segment there, but we always appreciate hearing from you. Um, as always, uh, in the in the last little bit here, we've been talking a lot about bugs and watering. So another yeah. thing to watch as we get through this hot week. <laughs> yeah, another hot week. Yeah, just keep your eyes out. Put your finger into the soil for watering. I'll tell that over and over again. <laughs> and uh, that's the way you'll keep your plants the healthiest. We'll give them the right moisture, not a scheduled moisture. Perfect. You've been listening to Garden Talk right here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.